0: And then they also did the Harlem shake for Parkinson's. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We can edit that that out. out. We can edit that
1: out. (laughs) I know nothing. Nothing, man.
0: You know nothing.
1: You're listening to the I Know Nothing podcast.
0: where, where, Where did you come up with that? I don't know. With Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. And Tyler. Tyler, of course,
1: that little shit.
0: They know nothing! Why you say I know nothing? What?
1: I don't know anything. What a story, Mark. All right. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Know Nothing. I am the resident dunce, Mark. And I'm about to get, I'm sure, make a fool of myself, Tyler. (laughs) Two very qualified people. Um, Today, we're doing a special episode of I Know Nothing. Because we are both locked up in quarantine and self-isolation. We thought we would take it upon ourselves to do a little bit of research and just inform each other of different ways that we can get involved and give back during this time. So we're going to talk about some different charities that we can donate to potentially and how to look for good criteria when determining what charities. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to have a little bit of fun Um so, Tyler, I'm not sure if I've told you this yet, but we actually have the opportunity to be monetized on this podcast. Did you know that? Seriously? Yeah. So, through the website that hosts our podcast, they help us upload ads that we can like splice into episodes. And then, based off the number of listens, we get money. Interesting. Right. So, apparently, there's a metric. Um, that tracks every listen of an episode. And so if we get a 1,000 listens, we get like X amount of money.
0: Okay, so you're saying we're not going to make any money on this episode, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. Maybe in like 110 years... We'll have like a cent, but I mean, it's at least something to look forward to. Absolutely,
0: and I will like to mention as well, uh, everyone. Regardless of what we say, you can't say we're not good people because we're talking about charities. Yeah. Um, but you can say we're not good people potentially after these ad reads. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. So what we're gonna be doing is we came up with some ad reads that we have for each other, and we thought it would be fun just in case you know some company out there is looking to sponsor their products through this amazing podcast we thought we'd give them a sample of how good we are at reading ad copies by writing up some fake ones for each other so here we go tyler's gonna read the copy that i wrote for him to show off his beautiful voice tyler take it away
0: okay this episode of i know nothing is brought to you by jiff peanut butter jiff is the only peanut butter that i crave when i want the sweet taste of nuts in my mouth The intense flavor and creamy thickness from these nuts is what makes Jif stand out from the rest. I'm a man of many tastes, and when I need some thick butter squeezed from nuts, Jif is the only brand for me. Plus, I get to confuse people who think I'm talking about the animated picture format. Jif is the only brand that my dog will eat too, winky face. So take it from me and Sparky, head to your local grocery store today, and buy as much Jif as you can. You'll love the taste of them nuts. (laughs) Thank you for that,
1: Mark. I appreciate it. That was a great read. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, man. Oh, my God. We're going to make so much money from this. uh, That was the perfect copy. Okay, this is yours. You ready to go? Okay. So this is Tyler's copy that he wrote for me. Here we go. Sponsors, get ready. The world is going up in flames. Looting and pillaging is only days away and someone may come into your home and take everything from you, including your life. Fast forward to the authorities coming in and seeing your lifeless corpse lying on your bathroom floor. And there you are with brown toilet paper grasping your hand. How embarrassing. Leave a respectable corpse with your own personal bidet from Tushy.com. With their patented up-the-bum technology, they clean you out like a stoner cleans out a cookie jar on 420. Say goodbye to chocolate-covered strawberry fields, and say hello to a shiny Thunderdome. Go to Tushy.com slash I Nothing for 15% off your next poop shoot cleaning accessory. Tushy, for your bum bum. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Nicely Thank done. Thank you. Yeah, I'm liking this voiceover stuff. I gotta say, that was a perfect copy. It drew me in so suspensefully.
0: Right? You're like, what is this gonna be about? Oh, it's about butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought it was gonna be something political, maybe? You're like, donate to the... Nope, it's it's butt stuff of course so now that we've established our two amazing senses of humor you know
0: the really interesting thing too is that both of those um, products involve uh, brown sticky substances
1: that's true that's true so that's that's a lot of range there I feel like there's a lot of companies that make brown sticky substances we can market ourselves as the two brown sticky substance guys I like that that's it I think we're going to change the name of our podcast to that
0: (laughs) the brown sticky
1: substance guys yeah probably can't wait it's got a good ring to it (laughs) Um, So today we are going to talk about something a little bit different than we do in our normal episodes. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about COVID relief and ways to get involved and sort of give back. So we did a little bit of research and we're actually just going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we came up with and some talking points on how we can contribute and provide support for people who have COVID-related difficulties. So to me, it seems there are three different ways that we can sort of provide this kind of support. We can volunteer physically, we can speak up on behalf of individuals and organizations that need our help, and then we can make some kind of monetary donation. Three different actions that speak volumes, um, and I'm actually going to talk a little bit about each of the different ways in which we can do these things. So the first is we can volunteer physically. Now, I know myself and a lot of my friends have looked into this option because it seems um, the most tangible, whereas with maybe a monetary donation or speaking up on someone's behalf, Like a lot of people are doing that right now, so it doesn't feel like um, you're making as much as an impact. Whereas if you were to volunteer physically, like that sort of resonates a little bit more with you personally.
0: Yeah, and you directly see the impact that you're having too.
1: Right, exactly. Um, Tyler, have you gone on Facebook? Have you seen any like uh, like volunteering pages at all? Like in certain Facebook events or Facebook posts? Does that come up at all? Like in your social media?
0: I haven't seen pages. I've seen people sharing stories of like kids or teenagers you know, volunteering their time uh, to get a lot of groceries for seniors and stuff like that. That's the most common one I've seen.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually a great segue into my first point. So if people do want to do this sort of uh, grocery delivery volunteering, one way that you can do that is a website called The Good Neighbor Project. I think this is actually just another Facebook page. This is for anybody who is sort of vulnerable at this time. So this can include seniors, potentially single parents with kids, uh, people with disabilities or part-time workers who have been laid off, anybody who needs grocery delivery. Um, this is sort of a more like general project. And this is, again, just a Facebook page. You can post your name, post, hey, like I'm in this neighborhood, and then they'll match you with people who are in search of that kind of support uh, for grocery delivery.
0: To be fair, you can uh, kill two birds with one stone and you can, pick up and deliver the groceries, but also in theory, you could pay for them too.
1: That is true. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like another good way of donation or volunteering in the community is just to help people with groceries. If you have the financial uh, capabilities to do that, like absolutely. But I think like there isn't like an expectation for that. It's just more so if you can, then by all means. Another way that people can volunteer physically is by making personal protective equipment for healthcare professionals. So you might have heard of this one. Do you follow like blog to or maybe like some Instagram accounts of people like trying to make like homemade uh, like the mask or the gloves at all?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen some stuff there. It's it's funny from some of the stuff that I've heard from some areas they're saying you know fabric masks aren't good. Other people are saying the fabric masks are better than nothing. And I think one of the biggest things too is if you're using if you're creating masks and you're adding, you know, your own masks to the I guess, not the economy, but you're adding it to the pool, the surgical quality and the surgical grade ones are still going to be used by the healthcare professionals um, and the fabric ones. Keep in mind, you have to wash those as well. I think some people may just like wear them for days and days on end, and that can be worse if you do come in contact because then it's just sitting there.
1: Right. Yeah. um, That's that's a really good point, actually. So, again, another good segue. Uh, One of the, I guess, organizations that helps um, coordinate with if people want to donate some of these masks or if they want to make them. There's a website called Stitch for Corona, um, stitchforcorona.ca, and what they actually do is they send you a mask kit that you can sew yourself, so you don't have to rely on the materials that you have lying around your house. And that way, they can ensure the quality and like the materials as well. Um, and they send you a kit that I think has enough material for 11 masks. So you can help stitch the mask yourself and then they pick it up from your home directly or you can maybe go to a drop off location. And then that way you don't actually have to worry about supplies at all. Like they just you're essentially just putting in the hours to make the masks. But yeah, that's just it's such an easy way for people to kind of provide an essential item for healthcare professionals. And with little to no cost, really, like all is taking up is your time. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, the website, again, is stitchforcorona.ca. Super simple.
0: So is, is there any money involved in that? Like, do you have to pay for the supplies or anything or no?
1: I don't think so. Maybe potentially um, with a pickup and drop-off, like gas cost getting to the drop-off location. But I think they ship it to you um, free. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think that there is any cost for you. Um, Interesting.
0: And then do they sell those masks or do they donate them? They do donate know? them. Those they go directly
1: them. to healthcare professionals, yeah. Sweet. Um, so I think so there are some hospital foundations that... Um, responsible for picking up and sort of sending out some of that equipment
0: yeah and it's interesting that um you've you've included websites as for all of these which is good uh one thing that i noticed in my research is that somebody had suggested and i am agreeing with this that you shouldn't donate over the phone and the reason you shouldn't donate over the phone is one people that typically call you for that are likely they're paid telemarketers so they take a cut of the donation um, so the best way to donate in times mm-hmm. like this is online because you're donating donating directly to the cause and you're typically able to track your donation as well. So
1: Yeah, um, that's a great call. I didn't think that a lot of people were donating over the phone right now. I thought that the default was kind of to donate online. But yeah, that's something that people should be on the lookout for is like scamsters or frauds or something like that. But even more so, like um, I guess like the more secure way would just be to do it online as well because you know that that's a little mm-hmm. bit more um, like encrypted rather than just over the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: because uh, the yeah. other thing too is that some charities, you could have like maybe like a like a half-decent charity and they're spending more money on marketing themselves than this really good charity. So uh, people who wait for charities to come to them are more likely to spend their money on less legit charities than people who actually seek out charities on their own.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, I guess just like a way to sort of avoid that is to maybe like put in the time and effort like on your own to try to look, look up charities rather than like having people who have the marketing cost to reach out to you and then the last thing that you can do to sort of volunteer physically is you can donate blood so this is something um, that i think some people are made aware of because there are some campaigns by the government of canada to sort of increase awareness but this one um, is very important because there is a need for blood now um, there's always been a need for blood but more so than in recent times and they are they have less appointments because of social distancing measures that are in place, like people just aren't going out as much. So um, there is definitely more of a demand now than there was previously in recent months. Um, But the Canadian Blood Services is definitely still running right now. So you you are still capable of making um, blood donations. Now to do this, they have some enhanced wellness measures as well, like at their facilities to make sure that you're not at risk once you're there and that they're doing everything that they can to make sure that you feel safe and comfortable while you're there. Um, Tyler, have you ever donated blood through the Canadian blood services? I have. Oh, right on. Yeah,
0: I have. Um, and unfortunately I'm not eligible right now because I went to Thailand in October Mm. and I went to one of the areas that you have to wait a year. Right. Um, and so they haven't, they haven't changed any of the travel restrictions at all. I still have to wait until I think, I think it's the beginning of November Mm. to be able to be eligible to donate again. But donating blood is awesome. Like it takes 15 minutes of your time and that can be more valuable than money if you can't afford to, to donate anything
1: yeah exactly plus you get cookies you walk out of there with cookies too right
0: yeah cookies chips um, I will say though I went in uh, last year and I got multiple calls afterwards because they thought I stole someone's jacket <laughs> and they were leaving messages and the thing is if you don't catch the call and you call back you have to go through the chain of like prompts <laughs> and I'm not going to go through that to say I don't have someone's jacket
1: so I just like left it you just kept the jacket <laughs> no I didn't I didn't the take the jacket crook. <laughs> He didn't take the jacket. <laughs> oh, Alright, so maybe don't walk out of there with the jacket. But yeah, you do get some cookies and chips if you donate. Um and Tyler to your point, yeah, if you do travel or if you have traveled recently, um, I think they have some modified restrictions uh because of the travel bans currently. So if you've been anywhere in the continental US or Europe or Antarctica, um you do have to wait fourteen days before returning home before you can donate blood. And be
0: honest too with the healthcare professionals there because uh, I can understand the want to help out, but even if you have a cough, you have something, you have a small little symptom, you think it's nothing, that could be something, and that could lead to you infecting people. Yeah. So be honest with the healthcare professionals if you're going to donate.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just as a rule of thumb, I'll I'll put this out there. As a rule of thumb, it's never good to lie to healthcare professionals. Let's just get that on the record. But um... I
0: mean, unless you're dating
1: one. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless maybe you're dating one. Um, so another way, so just to kind of roll it back here, so those were different ways in which people can volunteer physically. Um, another way that you can get involved if you can't volunteer physically is a really easy one. You can just speak up on behalf of individuals and organizations that need help. Another thing that I noticed around Toronto, people are doing are they're raising awareness for frontline staff and just recognition, saying thank you. Um, Tyler, I don't know if this is going on up in Thornhill, but downtown Toronto, 7:30 um, p.m. They're clapping, they're banging the pots together every day. Um, and that's just a good way to say thank you and to recognize some of um, the hardships and just like the time and effort that uh, healthcare workers are putting in.
0: Yeah, we don't have the population density in the suburbs for that to be as effective, though. That mm. would just be annoying. <laughs> true, true. Because <laughs> like the houses are spread out, right? And I don't like the nearest hospital. I mean, granted, it's not like the healthcare professionals only stay at the hospitals, but I, I can give my mom a round of applause at seven thirty.
1: That's right. Yeah, your mom is a healthcare worker. Absolutely. That feel like that that would go. That would go a long way. That's still recognition. um. But yeah, just something simple to sort of raise awareness for the amazing effort that frontline staff and essential workers are going through right now. Another way that people can contribute is probably the easiest one and the one that people have heard about the most frequently, making monetary donations. So I'll talk about this a little bit, and then I'm actually going to hand it off a little bit to Tyler to talk a little bit more about how we can do this. But one resource that's great for making monetary donations is canadahelps.org. So Tyler, have you seen this website at all? Have you heard of it?
0: Canada helps. Um, I can't say that I have.
1: Okay. Well, this is um, a great learning opportunity because what it is, is it's a website with links and resources of organizations to whom you can make these donations. And it's broken down by specific causes and specific provinces. So if you say, I want to donate to the arts and music industry, you can select that, I guess, icon, and then you select what province you live in. And then it gives you the names of charities and organizations related to arts and music in Ontario. So it's a great resource. You can see all these different organizations that are taking action and that you can help fund. Um, and it's sort of like a hub for charities or donations. So it's a very like simplified way of sort of uh, doing all that searching.
0: Yeah, funny story. Um, my uh, my memory is just very. Short span right now. Um, I actually okay. do have Canada. I did look at CanadaHelps.org. Uh, and it's, oh, right it's, on. Okay. it's really cool how <laughs> it's laid out. Is uh, they have a coronavirus section. Uh, CanadaHelps.org slash eng slash en rather. Donate to coronavirus outbreak response. That's correct. And yeah, it's it's very like easily laid out. It's like if you want to help in this way, you can do this. If you want to help in that way, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an organization. Like it's it's. I'd like to think it's trustworthy, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, so if anybody's kind of confused right now, because there are a lot of options for if you do want to make a monetary donation, um, one simple and accessible way to see all the different options that you have is just to go to this website, canadahelps.org, and you can see all the different charities and, and organizations that you can make a donation to. Um, <clears throat> sort of on that note, I just want to highlight organizations that you can donate to if you want to contribute to specific causes. So the first one is if you find that you want to contribute to healthcare workers, you want to provide some kind of financial support to help them, a good resource for this is Canada Helps actually has their own fund called the Canada Helps COVID-19 Healthcare and Hospital Fund. That's super simple. It's the same website we've been talking about. You can just go to canadahelps.org and contribute to that fund. turns out that 100% of those funds are matched by a foundation called the Core Foundation. So any money that you make is automatically, or any money that you donate rather, is automatically doubled which is amazing. Um, And in addition to that, they are currently helping over 110 hospital foundations around the country. Um, And these are registered hospital foundations. So um, there is some sort of like verification process there as well. Um, But yeah, just a super simple one that you can go to uh, through the canadahelps.org website. The last one that I'm going to quickly touch on, and this people may have already heard about this, is just Doctors Without Borders. So this is more of an international effort. If you feel that you want to help um, efforts overseas, whether that's for refugees or certain countries in specific doctors without borders is a great resource for this. They've done a lot of real interesting work, um, across all the different continents, specifically supporting crisis crises. Is that the plural of crisis crises, right? Yeah. It sounds about right. Um, so a good example of this is, um, the crisis currently in Syria. Um, In northern Syria, Doctors Without Borders is currently operating hospitals. They're distributing essential items to families in war-torn settlements. They're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, They're doing a lot of exceptional work. And this doesn't just extend to Syria. It's to a lot of other countries in Africa and sort of the Middle East as well. Um, So that's a way that people can contribute if they find that they want to help to certain causes overseas. Doctors Without Borders is a great uh, organization for that.
0: An an interesting thing thing to mention, too, is that there are probably some COVID-specific charities that are popping up, too. But uh, I guess a good thing to think about is some new charities may have additional overhead, additional cost, um, especially if they're not-for-profit, because the main difference between non-profit and not-for-profit is that non-profit are typically charitable causes where they're run by volunteers, whereas not-for-profit, the money that they get is through sales. So say Mm -hmm. I put um, Tyler and Mark love everybody on water bottles, sell them for 20 bucks each. We make $10 profit. We pay ourselves before we it goes somewhere. Interesting. Um, and, and the best way that I can, the best, I guess, parallel or analogy is that um, Carol Baskin's uh, Big Cat Rescue is a non-profit because <laughs> she is all volunteers, whereas Joe Exotic's place was a not-for-profit. So Perfect. he was selling stuff on the side. I mean, she probably was too, but everything from that gift shop went towards him and then him paying his employees, and right. then after the fact, he'd get the Walmart truck in full of meat and feed the tigers.
1: Right, right. Okay, that's a great analogy, actually. and super relevant, too. Man, that's... Absolutely. That's, that's a perfect yeah. way of thinking about it.
0: And for not-for-profits, um, they usually have a smaller scope. Um Common interest stuff. Some of the popular ones, you know, you get women's clubs, sports clubs, or like associations formed by a group of people. Yeah. And they have full-time staff, and their finances are typically kind of hidden, mm. and they they don't have tax exemptions. With nonprofits, as I mentioned, they're run by volunteers. The finances are typically public, and the more translucent, the more transparent that. Um, the charity is the better it usually is right right if, if you go on the website and you see exactly the breakdown where the money's going to typically 65 cents of every dollar or more if it's going towards the actual cause as opposed to operating costs that's good. Mm-hmm. If it's less than 65 cents on the dollar then something's fishy's going on too
1: 65 cents okay that's a good threshold. Um, right. Do you have any examples of charities that you know like do a good job of that or any nonprofits?
0: Well, I was going to say March of Dimes. Mm-hmm. So March of Dimes started, I want to say, like maybe mid-1930s, and their goal was to cure polio. Okay. Polio got cured. Excellent. So typically, it's interesting that most charities, I think these days... Are a lot more vague in what they want mm-hmm. because this was so specific, it's like we want to cure polio. Oh, polio's cured. Technically, we're redundant now. right right? So then they readjusted their scope and now they basically um, are trying to cure all birth defects, which is a much wider scope, or work on um, research to you know fetal alcohol syndrome uh, and a bunch of other birth defects that can be avoided. Mm-hmm. So you get some of the bigger charities it's like, yeah cancer. Cancer is huge, right? Every Mm -hmm. type of cancer can be treated differently. Mm -hmm. So, not for profits, which are they have the full time staff and stuff, they usually have a more narrow scope, Mm -hmm. whereas non profit charities usually have a wider scope.
1: Ah, interesting. Okay. So,
0: not for profits may also be more like location based. Mm -hmm. So, like a not for profit could be in theory like um, like a Toronto based charity, whereas a non profit could in theory be like a Canada wide based charity.
1: Ah, okay. Interesting,
0: but I found a really interesting article on Mashable, kind of telling you how to go about picking a charity that you want to donate to, which is really cool. Um, And a couple things I'd mentioned earlier was, you know, don't just give to give. Know where your money's going, right? Because if you just give to give, then this rewards charities that are the most aggressive in their campaigning, and they're the ones who are likely spending the least amount, the least amount on the cause, right? And so um, when you're researching a charity, check out. Uh, there's an, a website called charitynavigator.org, I believe.
1: Hey, I saw that website. Yeah. yeah,
0: And so they kind of lay things out so you have a better idea of where everything is going. Mm-hmm. Um, or just check the organization's website. Mm-hmm. And the more open and honest they are about their mission, about who their executives are and how they operate, typically the better they are. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned before, don't donate over the phone if you can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Even if you get a, a charity calling that you want to donate to, if you donate over the phone, you're um, encouraging them to continue to potentially pay telemarketers. Right. You may get people who are volunteering. It's possible. You never know. Mm-hmm. Consider your donation and investment as well. So if you find a cause that you enjoy, yeah, spend the money there as opposed to like saying, I'm going to donate five bucks to five different charities. Right. And follow up with that charity. Maybe you donated 25 bucks last year. Yeah. And. You kind of see, okay, cool. Like they could use more money. I'm gonna to donate to them again because I know that my money was was used, you know, in a, in a good way.
1: That's yeah. That's a great point. How uh, how can people sort of follow up with their charities? Like, do most of them, I guess, like make postings on social media, or like have their own websites or things like that?
0: Yeah, typically you can go on the charity's website. Again, the more transparent they are, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, nonprofits have to because they're run on donations; they have to make their finances public, mm-hmm. whereas not-for-profits don't. So if They are hiding their finances. They could be sneaky or they could just be a not-for-profit and not have to legally.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: An interesting thing, causes that are publicly visible tend to garner higher donations too. Like the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, the fact that everybody could do a thing and they could show people that they were doing a thing. That's true. Yeah. Really help with the donations, right? And then they also did the Harlem Shake for Parkinson's. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I was wondering we can edit that, that out that makes we so can edit sense. that out
0: oh we can leave it in um, so um,
1: <laughs> Parkinson's. holy shit. Yeah, i'm just a terrible person oh, i wrote that down beforehand oh, that's um
0: <laughs> another thing to keep in mind too is if you're not if it this if it's not donations, if you're spending money for things that you need, look for organizations that are actually reacting to this the right way. Mm-hmm. So they're supporting their community and they're supporting their employees. Uh, a perfectly good example of a shitty organization right now is Amazon. Mm. There's so many stories coming out about how poorly the uh, employees are being treated, yeah. how backed up they are, um, they're not getting extra health care, they're not getting paid paid leave from all of these different things that I've heard. Mm-hmm. So. Spend your money in your community where you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting to hear. So I guess, again, if you are going to buy on Amazon, just maybe check who the seller is. Um, But yeah, some good things to keep an eye out for. And just going back to your earlier point, um, what was that website again? That uh, was a charity navigator. That is
0: CharityNavigator.org. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So I actually did check that out um, the day when I was researching some charities to donate to. And I will say that the website's perfectly formatted. Like, It has rankings of different charities based off scores that they have for like how transparent and um, just like how effective that charity is. And then you can select the charity and they have a bunch of cool data visualizations that show you like different metrics and that tell you why you should donate to this charity and like how they performed in the past. So it's a lot of really like comprehensive and useful information.
0: Mm -hmm. And if you're like me and you don't like research, um, turn to somebody that you trust like Mark and ask them where he thinks that your money should be going in a time like this because he's a smart guy. Yeah. I mean, even though he calls himself a dunce. Yeah, well. He has his lanes.
1: <clears throat> I mean, there, it depends on who you are. If you're anyone in my immediate family, I'll tell you to just donate to my personal bank account. But anyone else outside of that, yeah, I can make probably make a good recommendation. I'll let you know uh, where that money should be going. Because, yeah, it is a confusing time right now. And a lot of people kind of have that dilemma of, I want to help, but I just don't know how. So um, hopefully some of the stuff that we've talked about today uh, can shed a little bit of light on that. Heck yeah. Awesome. So, wow, that was perfect. Um, talked about a lot of great stuff. Um, I thought we could wrap up today's episode as we always do with a little bit of bad advice. Sure. Excellent. Um, Tyler, I got a question for you here. This is from user, definitely not Tyler. They ask, I thought it would be funny to go completely bald now that I'm locked up in quarantine, but now my two-year-old son doesn't recognize me anymore. How do I reassure him that it's still the same old me? see that's wear a hat wear a hat okay but I mean would the two-year-old son still be able to do, to recognize the face with the hat on would that seem like a different person what do you think
0: I mean I think the main part is that uh, two-year-olds are very stupid um okay I think if they yeah, see I the agree. facial features the most like that's the most important thing okay okay I, I remember when I was young my dad had a beard for the first couple years of my life yeah. and then I think when I was two or three he shaved it off and I was like you remember that? <laughs> okay, well we had home vi- we had we had home video so I saw my reaction they filmed it.
1: <laughs> okay, I was going to say you have the best memory.
0: My sister started crying. Really? But here here's here's how narcissistic narcissistic I was and still low key kind of am. My mom is They're walking into my room, and they're, like, whispering, and my dad picks me up, and he's clean-shaven now, (laughs) right? And I see the camera, and I'm, like, posing for the camera. And my dad takes my hand and, like, rubs it on the side of his face, and, like, still, I'm posing for the camera. And then he's like, Tyler. And I look at him, and then, like, my hand is still on his face, and I just go, (laughs) oh, you saved your beard
1: (laughs) but it took me so so long to figure it
0: out so yeah two-year-olds are stupid
1: (laughs) is the main takeaway that's so funny what would you say um you know that beats my answer my answer was gonna be just like take an old picture of yourself and make like a cutout and then just like with a popsicle stick just hold that up every time you interact with a two-year-old son but yeah that's way too much work two-year-olds are stupid fuck it just i don't know wear a hat i guess that's really funny though yeah yeah
0: well, I mean, the good thing too, though, is that you can stop putting money into that kid's college fund because they're an idiot. So
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we know they're not going places in life, too. Like, you got to kind of figure it out. Hey, question for you. Do you have any experience with baldness?
0: Um, with baldness? No, I get buzz cuts and stuff, but. Mm, okay. Back. I mean, like, I, I buzzed my hair during all this just because I was like, I'm not going to. Mm. It's going to look like shit if I don't do anything with it. So I did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I made the unfortunate mistake of video calling you through this. So I've been looking at that haircut for. I have to 45 minutes now. (laughs) Wait wait a second. Is
0: username definitely not Tyler? Is that a
1: shot at me? Definitely not, Tyler. Definitely not. (laughs) Nicely done. All right. So that is it for today's episode of I Know Nothing. Um, As always, you can follow us on the socials. I am at Mark Ehrenberg on Facebook and Instagram.
0: I'm definitely not Tyler. Uh, I am (laughs) Tilly Hurch on Instagram, or you can check me out. My professional stuff, tylerherchuk.ca. Check it out.
1: Perfect. Boys and girls. Yeah, catch some of Tyler's awesome VO work. All right, and that is it for us this week. Thank you for tuning in. Please tune in next time. Yeah. Yeah.